Hello and welcome to the SWIB podcast, where members of the Wisconsin Retirement System can turn for timely information on the investments that help fund the state's pension system. I'm Chris Preisler, Communications Specialist for the State of Wisconsin Investment Board, or SWIB. And I'm Dusty Weiss, producer of the podcast. We live in a world full of technology. Faster computers, smartphones, and cars that can drive and park themselves are all part of the world that is becoming more reliant on technology. Like every other industry, the financial sector has been touched by these changing times. The relationship between data, technology, and human talent is key to the successful incorporation of these trends in active portfolio management. Investment managers are constantly enhancing the technology they use to stay on the cutting edge of an industry that is changing at a rapid pace. The State of Wisconsin Investment Board is no different, but what does this technology look like? How does it help investment management staff make the right decisions to help the Wisconsin retirement system meet its goals? In this episode of the SWIB podcast, we're going to look at how SWIB is growing the technology it uses to support the increasingly complex internal strategies it uses to add value, which benefits WRS participants. We'll talk to two SWIB portfolio managers, Nick Stanton and Derek Drummond, about how they use technology and how it helps them work smarter to meet the goals of the investment strategy that keeps the WRS among the only fully funded pensions in the country. The SWIB podcast is a regular opportunity for you to learn more about the people and funds that comprise the Wisconsin retirement system. Please make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Share this podcast with your fellow WRS members and leave a review on iTunes so it's easier for other members to find this show. Nick Stanton is SWIB's head of multi-asset strategy. He joined SWIB in 2001 after graduating from the University of Wisconsin-Madison with a bachelor's degree in economics. So Nick, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the SWIB podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you become interested in investing and what brought you to SWIB? Yeah. So I think I have kind of a weird, unconventional path, I think, to this industry. So so I grew up in Whitewater, which is about an hour southeast of Madison. Went to school at UW-Madison. I went there to study chemistry. That had kind of been my plan. I was a senior in college. I was you know, accepted to go get a doctorate in inorganic chemistry at Northwestern. That was my plan. I was going to go study nanotechnology over there. And last semester in college, I came to the horrifying realization that I didn't actually like what I was doing, right? Which is not great. But fortunately, I'd kind of had a second major in economics that I'd get carried along. So I ended up dropping the chemistry major, graduating with a degree in economics. So then after graduating, I understand you were directed to a job at SWIB, where you were able to leverage your skills in math and economics to begin what has become a very successful career at SWIB. It ended up kind of working out that my skill set, you know, I knew how to use Excel. You know, I had a lot of math skills. A lot of the stuff you do in, in economics and in chemistry is both very math focused. So I was able to kind of bring those to bear, I think, with the group. And that kind of got me an in. And I eventually was hired for an analyst position there, eventually ran that portfolio and just kind of worked my way through the ranks. So I've been here 22 years now and it's been great. How does the song go? Started from the bottom, now we're here. That's kind of yeah, yeah. where yeah, Nick Stanton's like at right now. Yep. No, that's great. Well, before we dive into the discussion about technology and how you're using it to help you manage the funds that you're responsible for, let's start with exactly what you and your team are doing at SWIP. What is the multi-asset strategy? Yeah. So the multi-asset strategy is a portfolio that was launched in like 2016. And the real idea behind it was to find a place at SWIB where we had 
people with the ability to invest in the cracks of traditional investing structures. So SWIB has done active management for decades now. We're good at it. We have teams that work together to create outperformance in their own individual areas. So we have fixed income experts, we have equity experts. But up until we kind of launched this portfolio, there wasn't really a way for people to easily express views that, say, traversed across asset classes or took advantage of things like, say, systematic investing or quantitative kind of investing because we'd never really built that skill set in-house. And so this portfolio is tasked with finding a way to take advantage of the opportunities and markets as they present themselves with no limitations on the areas in which they can play. So why is the multi-asset strategy important to SWIB's overall investment strategy for the WRS? So I'm guessing you guys have talked a lot about the low return environment that we're kind of all facing going forward. It's just going to be really hard to earn the kind of returns retirees need to be able to keep dividends increasing on pace with inflation or solely through beta, right? Solely through market returns. So active internal investing and active external investing end up being really important. What our strategy does is it allows us to earn alpha in excess of kind of what traditional managers might be able to accomplish and to do it in a way that's not correlated with other forms of return. So if we have good years, we can potentially you know, add meaningful returns to the WRS through this portfolio. And that is really important because of the unique design of the WRS, the shared risk reward. So as you mentioned, the annuity adjustments or the contribution rates can fluctuate. So finding that alpha, that extra return is important given the design. Definitely, definitely is. And and that's something that we've covered here before as well. But in doing your job, Nick, it should certainly surprise no one that you and the other staff at SWIB rely on technology when it comes to managing your portfolios. But what our listeners may not be aware of is what that technology looks like and how it can help you invest better. Can you talk about how that technology plays a role in doing what you just explained? So I mentioned systematic strategies is something that our group looks at. So a traditional fundamental investor might look at, you know, a number of securities and select a couple of securities they want to buy or sell based on like deep fundamental analysis of those securities. In a systematic space, what we do is we try to take advantage of behavioral biases that we think kind of exist perpetually across markets in certain circumstances. But to actually tap into that sort of behavioral bias, we have to do it across a lot of securities at the same time. So whereas a fundamental manager might buy 20 securities he or she really likes and kind of holds those, what we're doing is we're saying, well, we think that there's a bias that exists across markets. We're going to buy the 300 stocks that most exhibit that behavioral bias, and we're going to short the 300 stocks that most exhibit the opposite of that bias. When you do that, you have some scaling problems if you're kind of working in a traditional asset investing framework. So you have to figure out, well, how do I transact 600 stocks in a day efficiently? How do I come up with a trade list every day efficiently? How do I actually locate 300 shorts in the market in a way that makes sense? What happens if those shorts don't come back? You really can't do it without a solid technological platform. You could technically do it off of spreadsheets and stuff like that, but that becomes really inefficient quickly. So we have to have systems in place that help with that. So what does that wind up looking like then as far as software solutions go, Nick? So first of all, we end up putting a lot of these strategies into a code base. There's an algorithm that determines what gets bought and sold every day. That then comes up with a trade list. We can use risk systems or other platforms to analyze a trade list and see if it actually looks valid or if there are any mistakes associated with that. 
We can then upload it into a trading platform. The traders then send it out using algos to kind of trade these securities based on instructions we give them. And then at the end of the day, you know, all these trades come back into kind of risk systems and attribution systems that allow us to really parse out, are we actually getting returns where we think the drivers of returns should come from? That sounds so much more incredibly complicated than the app that I use to process trades <laughs> on my phone. I'll tell you that. Nick, can you give us an example of how the technology you're using has benefited you in making an investment decision? Yeah, well, so first of all, like I think without the technology, we just wouldn't be able to do most of what we do, right? It'd just be incredibly hard. I think that certainly with regards to where it can catch issues or catch problems is in on the risk side of things. So we might have a situation where we are managing, say, 10 to 15 different kind of systematic strategies within a portfolio. And while we think we may have a good handle on what the risk is there and, and how risks are offsetting each other in a way that makes sense, having a robust risk platform actually lets you test those things and realize that, oh, I have an exposure to something that I, I really didn't think I had an exposure to and this risk system saying I do. So how do I dig farther into that? How do I use other tests to kind of see if that really exists or not? We certainly caught things that you know, we wouldn't have otherwise seen if we didn't have these risk platforms. You know, Nick, you've been with SWIB for more than 21 years at this point. So you have seen a lot of changes in the way that the investment world and SWIB do business. What kinds of changes have you seen in how SWIB uses technology since you've been there? Looking back, it's almost like we didn't use technology, right? Now we use it all the time. It's not quite that extreme. I think when I started, everything was Excel, including, I think, our attribution and kind of trading platforms. Like one of the first things I did when I joined the international equities team is I kind of backed up a trader and we used to have to input the trades by hand into a spreadsheet so we could track what the performance of the portfolio was intraday. There were systems to track positions at the custodian and all this stuff that were way more sophisticated. But on a day-to-day basis, it was really hard to see what your portfolio was doing without kind of a lot of manual labor in terms of manually doing a lot of things, right? Like inputting trades and things like that. We had attribution systems. We didn't really have a robust risk system at all when I came on. This all happens slowly, but over the course of 20 years, you kind of go inch by inch and try to make things better over time. We introduced a risk system. We introduced better attribution systems. We introduced a new risk system. We introduced an integrated trading platform. You know, Now we're actually launching into a big overhaul of our back and middle office systems as well as a front office system. Well, Nick, this has been a fascinating look behind the curtain. We're always marveling at how technology has changed the landscape, but that certainly seems to be in full force at SWIB. Nick, thanks for joining us on the SWIB podcast. That's Nick Stanton, head of SWIB's multi-asset strategies. We now welcome back to the SWIB podcast, Derek Drummond, Fund's Alpha Portfolio Manager. Derek was a guest on episode eight of the podcast where he talked about how he and his team find investments across traditional and alternative strategies that benefit the WRS. Derek joined SWIB in 2010. He's a graduate of the University of Colorado Boulder with a degree in economics and the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where he earned his MBA. Derek, welcome back to the SWIB podcast. Thanks for having me. Derek, for listeners who may not have heard you on the first appearance on the SWIB podcast, A, go back and check it out. It was episode eight and it was fascinating. But B, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you arrived at SWIB? Sure. So a little bit different than Nick, I knew that I wanted to be in finance at a very early age in high school, actually. And so when I graduated high school, I went to the University of Colorado to run cross country and I studied economics. And almost immediately right when I graduated, I went to work for an alternative investment firm. And I was there for about eight or nine years when I was approached by a recruiter to come to this place called SWIB. And I wasn't really thinking about going and working in the public sector. I had 
this view that pensions were big, kind of slow moving and not very thoughtful investors. And when I got to Swib for my first interview, I knew that the firm was anything but that. And I looked around and I just saw that the level of talent, the flexibility and the resources that the firm had. And I just knew I had to go to Swib. And so that's kind of where my career at Swib started. I mentioned that you and your team are searching for investment opportunities across traditional and alternative strategies. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Sure. So again, similar to what Nick was saying, SWIB tries to get the vast majority of its return from the basic market returns or what we call beta. So we think we can get 90 plus percent of our returns from beta, but SWIB also has a fundamental belief that markets aren't perfectly efficient. And so we can engage strategies and managers and efficient parts of the market where we think we can extract that additional extra piece of value for our clients. And SWIB's been very good at doing so for the last few decades, really. Our team runs three lines of businesses. We have our hedge fund business, our beta one equity business, and our beta one fixed income business. And really, our job is to try and go and find those parts of the market where it's easiest to generate that excess return. Now, if we had our druthers, we would give all of our capital to our internal teams, including Nick. And that's much more efficient than going to external management in many cases and cheaper. But there are certain strategies, certain very good investment managers, or certain parts of the market like Asia or emerging markets where we just don't currently have that talent set. And so that's when we come to our team and we allocate capital to those underlying managers that are going after those pockets of the market that we think are particularly inefficient. You know, Derek, a couple episodes ago to kick off 2022, we talked with SWIB Executive Director and Chief Investment Officer Edwin Denson. And he said that he believes that we are entering a low return environment here in the year 2022. So what your team is doing has got to be a big part of SWIB's investment strategy to try to find that alpha and outperform that low return environment, right? It's true. So if you think about everyone has a budget, right? You have your personal budget and you think how much money is going to be coming in and how much you want to spend. Well, we kind of create a return expectation or a return budget. And when we do our forward looking expected returns, we think we're only going to get somewhere around 5.4% over the next 10 years, just from the market return alone. So if you have a long-term budget that you need to hit of about 6.8%, which is what our long-term budget is, there's a gap there. And the way that SWIB is looking to fill that gap is one, by building a better beta, moving our asset allocation around to try and get that return as high as possible. But also we're going to fill that gap with what we call alpha or excess return in the markets. And we're doing that internally with Nick and other teams. And we're doing that externally with our team and our private markets team here. So over time, we've been slowly shifting our portfolio more and more active. So we've been increasing the amount of active investment management. We're about 56% active in 2018, and now we're 69% active. And so we're really hoping that active management is going to help close that gap. There's no free lunch in this world. You don't get free active return without taking active risk. There's no surety that we're going to be able to hit all of our targets, but we're really trying to do it in a thoughtful way, be better, faster, stronger externally, as well as internally, like Nick just said, by getting the systems and the resources and the teams to be able to close that gap. Your team is part of the private markets and funds alpha division at SWIB. In preparing for this episode, I talked with Anne-Marie Fink, who is the private markets and funds alpha chief investment officer and a past guest on the podcast. She told me that the funds alpha team are the division's technology power users. What does that mean? 
We have a very wide breadth of investment strategies and products and asset classes and regions that we trade. So we have to use technology to bring scale to the team. And I usually say we're in the business of investing with serial good decision makers. And how do you figure out if somebody's a good decision maker? Well, you can look at their past track record. We're getting to the point where the world's getting better and more granular data where we can actually get in and look at the decisions, the buys and the sells that the investment manager makes. We can look at the risk they take and when something happens in the market, what's their reaction function? We take all that data together to try and help us make better decisions on who to allocate capital to and away from. Derek, SWIB is continuously enhancing its technology to support managing WRS assets. An example of that in your area would be the use of the eFront platform, which is a kind of one-stop shop for portfolios of external managers. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So eFront's a new system that the Private Markets and Funds Alpha team is using to really kind of bring together a lot of different types of data. So return data, benchmark data, allocation data, meaning in which sectors or which parts of the market am I invested and where am I generating attribution, we call it, where am I generating my best return on invested capital? And so this is a system where we're able to pull together lots of cost information, things like that. This is an area where we can bring in lots of different types of information, put it all on one platform, and then build visualizations, build reports so we can get insights into that portfolio or those portfolios. And then we can share that with staff so we can actually just make better decisions. We can infer things better. I want my team to be spending time on investing and making money, not pulling together data and aggregating data and visualizing data. I want that to be done for them so I can get scale in my business. And eFriend helps us with that. Let me ask you this, Derek. You work with the external managers. So when you're looking to hire an external manager... Does the technology that they're using ever come into play? Does that factor in to how that shop might be set up to manage data? Do you look at that? It's absolutely essential. Like we said, the world's getting better, faster, and stronger. And the way that we kind of separate how we analyze some of our external managers versus things we can do internally, the whole idea of the Funds Alpha team is to do things that we may or may not be able to do internally much cheaper, more efficiently. Things that Nick's doing in his portfolio, we shouldn't have to pay an external manager to do that. But that does mean when we go externally that those managers have to have some kind of edge in the market. And usually edge is a function of people, process, data, infrastructure, and things like that. So technology is absolutely essential, especially with how efficient and how active the markets become over the last, even the last decade. And so most of our managers that we look to allocate to have some kind of edge in the technology division. They either have better data than their peer group. They can execute on ideas better than their peers. They can build and construct portfolios better than their peers. It's just not enough these days to be able to look at a company and know management and like management and be able to invest on that. You have to have so much more data because of the competition that's out there. And so I would say technology is one of the key things we look at when we look at our external partners. Of course, the proof's in the pudding with something like this. And SWIB has an excellent track record when it comes to generating alpha and outperforming the market. But can you think of a specific time when the technology that SWIB has put in place has helped you make an investment that benefited your portfolio and ultimately the Wisconsin retirement system? 
So I can think of two situations. SWID was a first mover in, I would say, two core technologies. The first core technology was a system where we can actually take the transaction-level data from an investment manager and track their decisions over time, their portfolio construction. We think alpha is a function of basically three things. Security selection, did you pick the right investment stock, bond, whatever? Portfolio construction, did you put them together in the right way? And risk management. When bad things happen, what was your reaction function? And we implemented a system probably about 10 years ago to really suck in a lot of our manager's data and get really granular about that decision-making process. We don't see a lot of our peers doing similar things. Now, some do, but it's still pretty rare. It's not enough to just look at their monthly returns over time anymore. You really have to get to the decision level. The other piece of technology that I think really separates us is most investment managers, if there is edge in the market, they don't want to share it with other people. They're not very transparent because that's edge. That's proprietary to them. If they share it with other people, other people might steal it. And it took them a lot of time and effort to figure out how to beat the market. So we have a system where they can securely upload their positions and we can look at our portfolio at a, on a position level basis for the vast majority of our portfolio. And we can run scenarios on it. We can say, well, inflation's high right now. It's going up. What happens if inflation goes up even more? How does that affect our portfolio? What happens if we have another global pandemic? What happens if we have another housing crisis? And we can do what we call shocks on the portfolio and we can understand how our managers are positioned and how different scenarios affect our P&L. And then if we see something we don't like, we can make changes in our portfolio. That has really separated us compared to our peer group. And it just helps us build a better portfolio and hopefully reduce risk or avoid unnecessary or uncompensated risk. So those are two key ways technology really helps our portfolio. It's exciting to hear about the technology that has been put in place and enhanced over the years. But as we all know, technology is always changing. Enhancing what's in place, growing the infrastructure needed to implement new technology is never ending, really, is it? No. And that's kind of the exciting thing. There's new data sets that are showing up every day. There are new methodologies for doing things. And while today's alpha becomes tomorrow's beta, there's always something new in the market to look at. And so that's actually one of the things that keeps this job interesting. Just fascinating stuff, Derek. It really is. Derek, thanks for being part of the SWIB podcast. That's Derek Drummond, Fund's Alpha Portfolio Manager. And thank you to all our listeners for checking out this episode of the SWIB podcast. The SWIB podcast is brought to you by the State of Wisconsin Investment Board and produced by PodCamp Media. Branded podcast production for businesses, podcampmedia.com. Our editor and producer is Larry Kilgore III. Thanks again for listening. I'm Chris Preisler. And I'm Dusty Weiss. 